Are we taking bets on this? Tomorrow, tomorrow is Melbourne Cup Day, you know. I don't want to even talk about it. I don't get into horse racing. I, I don't care. I don't, like, I don't care about the horse racing, but tomorrow, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to have to do, like, a full day of work because we're being That's taken quite out. Nice. Yeah, but see, I've been working, I guess, not in a workplace of an Australian company that's other than the one that I run for, like, eight years now. You should start a tradition. And so Melbourne Cup, Melbourne day. Cup day is a day where everyone else doesn't work while I merrily go Ooh. about my normal day. Yeah, fair enough. Kind of, an, it, I find it slightly frustrating. Uh, but anyway. Poor, poor Jake. Woe is me. <laughs> might, I might take myself out to lunch tomorrow. Well, you, quite you quite do. interesting. I, I'm contracting at the moment at uh, TAB, the largest betting agency in Australia. So tomorrow is going to be a very busy day. I can imagine. Are you? Yeah. What are you doing there? I'm I'm contracting. I'm I'm a senior, whatever you want to call it, iOS developer, helping okay. them uh, port over port over their app from. Uh, actually, I'm not quite sure what I can and can't say. The, the, an external agency had control of it, and we're 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 bringing it in house, and they've hired a team, and so I'm helping just transition over. There you right. go. Um, I, that takes me back to my days at uni where we had like a guest lecturer one day, like a, someone from the South Australian police came in to talk about cybercrime. And he told us a story about T, the TAB mm, once upon right. a time. Apparently uh, someone had written some code, um, yes. just a little routine that would print out uh, the stubs of any unclaimed winnings. So like a batch job that would run whenever they wanted it to run. And it would just go right. and, like go through the you know data archive and find any yeah. bets that were actually winning bets where no one bothered to show up to claim it, and would like just print out the stubs again so that they could then give them to their mates and they could all go to TFBs <laughs> and claim it. <laughs> apparently, they like they you know got away with hundreds of thousands of dollars before wow. some other contractor was looking at the code some years later and going, "What is this?" and realized what it was. Wow. I want to know, why would you leave that code in there for starters? I mean, sorry, that's really wrong. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, why wouldn't why you like would... remove it after you'd done it? Yeah, uh, quite clearly they weren't that smart. Yeah. And then you just got to wonder about all of the instances where people were smarter and covered their tracks. Well, it doesn't really matter because they got away scot-free. Mm. Mm, indeed. Yes, so tomorrow is going to be quite busy. So half, half the digital team's disappearing and they're going to be in uh, Martin Place in Sydney helping people do betting in real life. So they're sending a whole bunch of nerds out to talk to people face-to-face. Sounds phenomenal. I know. I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? Oh, dear. Oh, well, it sounds like it's going to be a fun day. We should, we should yeah. um, not keep you too late then, let you get, make sure you're well-rested, ready to, you uh, know, be. I, I, stay, I stay up until midnight most nights. It doesn't really bother me, oh, right. even with three kids. So I, I don't know if we started the show. I don't know. We kind of. Let's do it. Let's start. Okay, should I do the intro? I should do the intro because I'll forget about it otherwise. Yeah, sure. All right. Hello. Hi. Howdy. You are listening to Mobile Couch and this is a show where we talk about mobile development for mobile devices. Yep. This episode specifically, because Ben is still away, this ho- this episode is hosted by Jake McMullen. Hello. And Craig Stanford. Hi. And myself, Jelly a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is episode number 44, which is the recommended point size for buttons on iOS devices. Wow, that's quite a coincidence. Yeah. Although... It's very very profound. With, with my 6 Plus, I've, I've been... I've changed the way that you look at the world. I've oh, been totally. going to 66 a little bit lately. Yeah? Makes not, sense. not all the time. Yeah, is that because of the, uh, the you know navigation bar? Plus the status bar. Well, no, that's only sixty-four. That... <gasps> just gasp. Well, forty-four kind of got me thinking in elevens. And <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Right. And for certain things on on the six plus, it feels forty-four feels a little bit too cramped. It's just like I want it to be. Did you did you end up fixing up your table thing that we talked about oh, last yeah. episode? So I've got some follow up. Um, the question you left us all hanging with in the show notes, at least, was: Will Jake listen to Jelly's advice about? Yeah, in the show notes. Yes, table table views. Uh, yes, he will is the answer. Because Yay! thank you very much. That worked out quite well. So I had um, I'm Excellent. working on an app that's got to work on iPhone, all of them, and iPad. Um, <laughs> and part of the uh, one of the views, um, it's based on this idea of you know scrolling content. Um, when you first load the app, uh, 
a good third of the screen is taken up with a sort of header that has some branding. And then as you start to scroll, the header compresses. So it's just the sort of 44. Which is why you want it to just, to not be just one right. screen. So so I want it to scroll enough to, to push the header out of the way. Um, and so on various devices, it was working fine. And then on the bigger devices, it was looking a bit stupid because it would kind of scroll a little bit, but wouldn't scroll enough to fully push the header out of the way. Uh. So I thought the rows needed to be taller. And kind of um after your advice, I thought, yeah, basically I'm making sure that the rows are the right height so that the table will be basically two times the device height. And that seems to work well across all the devices. Excellent. I'm a little bit worried myself. When you say yep. that the uh, this big this big header across the top says it's branding, is that code for advertising? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not advertising. <laughs> it's just um, I, I can I think I think I know the app that he's talking about, and I can back him up on that. Yeah. So it's it's slightly. I mean, it's I guess it's trying to strike a balance between um, having the UI dedicated exclusively to the content that the app's about. Fair versus enough. having like some first launch experience that lets you know whose app you're using. So instead of having a sort of splash screen that is on screen for a while that you then move away, it's just the initial yep. screen that, that has the content, has the content scrolled so that there's room above the content for some, some branding. And then as soon as you start scrolling, the branding just scrolls off the screen and becomes the header. I think, it, I think it's, it's working quite well. And it kind of makes sense that you kind of want to know what app you're looking at. I'm, I'm sticking with that. Sure. Yeah. It does look very nice. You've got a nice little trend. Oh, he's lost. We've lost him again. Let's just keep talking to ourselves. Yes, it looks awesome. I'm enjoying it. Hi, Craig. Hello. Hello. I'm not sure that this is me. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering whether or not it's, you know, the fact that I live all the way down the coast past Wollongong, that uh, perhaps there's little people that live underneath the ground and run the messages backwards oh, and forwards. Make them run faster. Jeez. I know, right? Give them some, uh, give them some yeah. caffeinated beverages. That'd do it, indeed. Or you know, beat them with sticks. No, or carrots. Got to be carrots. Yeah, carrots. You, exactly. Yeah. Beat them. You beat them with carrots. No, <laughs> you catch more flies with honey than vinegar jelly. So I should beat them with vinegar. <laughs> Drown them in honey is what I'm saying. <laughs> that sounds very philosophical. Um, speaking of which, yes, there was something I wanted to talk to you about. I saw you on Twitter the other day uh, encouraging people to stop working so hard. Um, yes. Tell me more about this. What? What? How? How well, do you feel? Well, how about before we before you answer that, Craig? How about we actually like introduce who you are? That I, I think that's probably a good good starting. point. You mean the world doesn't already know? Hey, I've been in the local paper twice, so you know that's pretty big news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I don't know how you feel. So you're you're a multi millionaire founder, aren't you? Is that how uh, it works? If by multimillionaire you mean unicorn dollars, sure. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about the app that we clearly know what we we know what we're talking about, but the listeners may not. Rightio. What what you guys are alluding to is, I'm assuming, is Clip. It's a it's a bar tab app for your phone. So you register and put your credit card details into the app, and then when you want to open a tab, instead of handing your license and credit card behind the bar to some bartender that you don't know or trust, you just open a tab on your phone, walk up, order drinks, and then you get real-time updates of what drinks you've ordered and what food you've ordered. And then when you want to leave, you don't have to go back and collect your card or probably forget your card because you're too drunk. You can just close the tab from your phone. That's pretty much it. Nice. That sounds like a really... Clever idea. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like the last time that we talked about, well, maybe not the last time, but we, when we were talking about beacons once, you were talking about how you wanted to have a coffee. I was uh, thinking coffee about that ordering again tab. today. Yeah, you're always thinking about that. I want an iBeacon <laughs> app that knows when I've walked into my favorite coffee shop and tells them that I'm there. Right. Well, you, orders the coffee for me. You should, you and should probably annoy the leave. guys from Beat the Queue. They've already got a pre ordering system and they, they actually bought out. Uh, so th the reason I got into Clip was because I was doing some freelance contract work for a guy named Greg Taylor. And uh, he had another, he, the app I helped him on, he had another app that he'd started up called eCoffee Card. And so that was kind of like, a, you know, when you go and buy nine coffees and get the tenth one free, it was a digital version of yeah. one of those stamp cards. So I met him through that. And um, so that business he sold to the guys from Beat the Queue, which is why I know about them, which is a pre-ordering uh, app for your phone. Or in I think I've... yeah, in Sydney, and I think they're in Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra. I think they're around most of the major so, cities. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's called Beat the Queue or another one that has the word Q in it, 
Right. Well, their app is a. I think it's got a big. It's got a big blue icon with a Q on it. I think. I get it. Yeah. So, so we're supposed to be beating Qs now. Yes. <laughs> you don't just beat little men. We beat Qs. Totally. <laughs> with honey. We're trying, or, or coffee. Jake wants to beat them with coffee, apparently. So. <laughs> so you should you should talk uh, to those guys about beacons and then making them know that you know you've walked in the door so the coffee goes bing. Because uh yes yeah. yes find somebody anybody else to talk to yeah. about beacons because I don't want to actually have to get out the app and tap things. Well, that that just yeah. seems like well, too I mean, much work. The whole idea of that one is that you know. You, you get off the train and you know there's a coffee shop on the way to the office, and uh, and so yeah. yeah, you just you just order it so it's ready you when you walk, walk in. The door. Yep, you walk in, pick it up, and walk out. You've oh, already right. paid for it. You've you know you paid yeah. with your credit card and all that sort of stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So what's it like uh, running a startup? <laughs> I'm not. I, I wouldn't know. I'm not there right now. That's why I'm off in. <laughs> that's why I'm off in contract land. <laughs> so quite clearly, it's so awesome that you know when you take one and a half million dollars in funding, you're all rich, right? Everybody's rich. No. No, one and a half million dollars doesn't go very far when you have to pay a whole bunch of staff. So we've got a, a bunch of sales staff, so spread out. So some in Melbourne, some in Adelaide, some in Sydney, and uh, and those guys are obviously yep. need to get paid. And we've got a back end developer who wrote everything, and it's all written in .NET. And he's one of the co founders, thankfully. Uh, yep. So he did he did all the work. He, he and I did all the work together uh, as sweat equity. I was working on weekends and and night times and giving up sleep time with the family to get it off the ground and uh yeah yeah when we finally took money in the door the ios app was it was pretty solid so i I sort of opted to take a step back so we could hire an android developer because they offered to pay me to learn android and i told them no thank you (laughs) (laughs) it's not all that bad really it's not what i was implying i figured i'd write a half-assed product which you know wasn't wasn't quite as good and it'd take me twice as long so why not just hire someone who knows how to do it and I'll go back to contract land for a little while until we sort it all out, and and we do become millionaires. So I'm still waiting for that to happen. Oh, that sounds cool. So how how far advanced was your implementation when you went out and got some funding? fully formed? Did, did you just go it was, right? So it was working. It was yeah in in production. Yep, we had it. We had it. There was a, a bar in uh, Surrey Hills called the White Horse that had it, which has since been sold and it's not there anymore because it's re- been rebranded. But we'd also uh, signed a deal with uh, the UPG group. So if you've ever been to Sydney, there's a there's a pub called the Argyle and then next door to that, oh, yeah. next door to that there's the Lowenbrow that's owned by the Sun Company and they also own all of the Bavarian beer cafes, which you would probably know, Jake, because the Swipe Conference in Sydney had the beers and drinks. There was a Bavarian beer cafe. It was that one, yeah. So we, we've, got it in, we've got yeah. it in all of the Bavarian beer cafes and that were one of the first ones. Thankfully, you know, uh, it turns out, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So Greg already knew the guy down at uh, UPG, I'm pretty sure. And he, he made sure we got rolled out there. So he was like the manager, so the, the you know, managing director. And uh, so we were working there. So when the investors, it took us a while to find the money. We were looking for six months and we'd pretty much run out of our own money. And we were almost at the point where, you know, oh, maybe we should just give up. <laughs> maybe this isn't, maybe yeah. this isn't a good idea. And, uh, and we, and, you know, Stuart was working for free. He'd, he'd quit his job entirely. And, uh, and yeah, and it, we kind of just lucked on the right people at the right time and they went and tested it and they thought it wasn't going to work. They figured it wasn't going to work, but, uh, they went into the Bavarian beer cafe and it, it worked first go and they were like, wow, we should probably give these guys some money. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty convincing demonstration where you've got an existing like it's, it's built an existing implementation in use yep. and your potential investors can actually go and get a beer with them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in hindsight, I'm wondering whether or not, like, I'm not saying it's it's a bad approach. It's definitely an approach, but another approach might be to actually, to, to sort of go with an idea and then get paid to build it as opposed to build it yourself and then try and worry about money later on. Um, I mean, it's yeah, two, I two sides of the same coin, what, I guess. It's swings and roundabouts. Yeah. I guess something that, that, your approach where it's worked is that you didn't just you didn't have to convince them two things like the Very two true. things you may have had to convince them was it's a good idea and we can do it whereas this time around you've already did it yep. so all you had to convince them was that it was a good idea well that didn't really take much convincing once you once they bought a beer using that's right using the app so yeah yeah so we, we lucked yeah, out cool. there so so going for, further back to the genesis of the idea yes. was this something that you built from the outset thinking that hey this is a good idea for a business or did you just build it because you wanted to be able to order beers from your local without having to give them your card. Interestingly, the 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 app itself was was born from e-coffee card. So Greg, the co-founder and he was our CEO until he recently got a new one. Uh he he wanted to bring loyalty to all payments. He wanted mobile, like all mobile payments. You know, if you think about the way that Apple's going at the moment with with Apple Pay and sort of thing, he kind of wanted to conquer the mobile payment space. So we we went around to 
to like bars and clubs and restaurants and you know other places and coffee shops and he's you know he did a bit of research this is all before he even formed the team so he did a bit of research and um and then he realized that the piece that he really needed to 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 slot in in this puzzle was the point of sale so that's the the cash register quite often they're they're touch screens now well um we we just call them the pos so he needed the, the pos in there so that he could join all of the data that's coming from the point of sale directly to the to the phone, so there was none of this QR code business and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. when we went to the point of sale companies, sort of we started building a product about doing you know one off payments. So if you wanted to buy a coffee, you, you'd kind of like check into a, a a coffee shop, and then and then they'd initiate it from their end and say, hey, I can see that you know Craig's here. Uh, do you want to buy a coffee for three dollars fifty? And then you'd you'd get a push notification, and you'd say yes on your phone, and then it'd resolve back the transaction to be made, bish bash bosh. But once we went to the point of sale companies, they said that, that or at least the ones that would speak to us, <laughs> that was another big big challenge. Um, the biggest problem that their customers were complaining about was tabs in bars and walkouts because if somebody decides not to not to pay um, and then you charge the card anyway, they can dispute that because you weren't there with the card, right? right? So yep. there were all these sort of pieces that, that sort of fell together and the, 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 the restaurants themselves were worried about that and the point of sales wanted to keep their, their, you know, their restaurants and their bars and stuff happy and it, it, it kind of over time sort of turned into that. So we, we built a few other features that never made it into the final app and uh, and yeah, so it, it wasn't really born of that. It was it was definitely sort of that whole startup mentality of let's just you know do what what people are yelling about the most and and do do the absolute minimum we can to get it out the door and prove that it works and then see if see if we can get it off the ground. Cool. So would you recommend that approach? Would you do it again next time? Most definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you learn a lot. And if I was going to do something else again, most definitely like start start working away at a problem, but you know listen to your your customers or listen to your users, even even if those users aren't the actual end users of the app i mean if there's other pieces of infrastructure in there yeah always always be listening and and always be willing to change and i'm trying to avoid all those terrible words like pivot and all those sort of things but because that's not what we did we were still running at the same problem we just narrowed our focus so rather than trying to do everything for everyone pick one thing and do it really really well yeah it sounds sounds like it makes a lot of sense yeah, I mean, I think you can distill that down to, you know, building an app for anything, really, rather rather than having all the features, just, you know, pick one or two features and do them really well, and then just keep adding features to a, to the point where you think that, you know, you've got enough and, and people aren't complaining about stuff too much. And something that really interests me with this as well is that it's sort of continuing this trend of mobile apps and mobile devices disrupting existing processes. Yeah. Existing systems, like I guess, um, you know, Uber's probably one of the most well-known examples of this, where mobile technology comes along and makes the process of organising a car to transport you a little bit easier. Yeah, or probably substantially easier than it was having to go through some central dispatch coordinator. Yeah, and it sounds like you're doing a similar approach, where you're sort of a little bit bypassing the whole point of sale stuff. A little bit. We, we're still the entrenched players. Yeah, I mean, we still need them because they're the ones doing doing all of the work with regards to they've got a massive database at the back end of all the products that you've got in a bar or a restaurant and uh, and so you know they do all of that work for you and there's a whole bunch of back-end reporting they do and they normally linked up with ordering systems and those sort of things and we don't want to we didn't want to get into that when we spoke about it we spoke about building our own point of sale and everything but then we decided it's probably not worth the trouble of of biting off more than yeah. we can chew there was only there was only two developers working on it so i mean we, we never really set out to disrupt anything like that i mean we did but that's not you don't sit around talking about disrupting all day long you just think how can we make this you know even five ten seconds easier for someone when they're trying to do something and that you know it sorts itself out yeah exactly it's sort of taking a a bit of a novel approach to an existing problem and not worrying too much about the existing constraints yeah looking at it with fresh eyes yeah we've got these devices in our pockets all the time right so if, if you can avoid having to take an extra piece out and, and and again, I come back to Apple Pay. I love the idea of Apple Pay. Apple Pay, I think it's fantastic, and and I'd love to even incorporate it into Clips so that you know people feel really happy not taking their wallet with them. I mean, you still need identification, but if we can solve that piece as well, then you know, all if all I need is my my little you know mini supercomputer in my pocket, I'm sweet. Hmm. Or on your wrist. Or on my wrist. That's true. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, I'm not quite sure how it'll work with Clip, but <laughs> it's a it's a it's a problem that I'm looking forward to solving. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, actually, I absolutely love the idea of beacons. I think they're fantastic. There's, you know, we've spoken about them quite a lot at Clip, and so we're trying to figure out a way to sort of not tackily, like you know, not sorry, not not make it too tacky and in your face, but yeah. still use it. So I, I think this is a real challenge for beacons, and I think the the there is a huge risk at the moment that people 
will be really put off if if their first experiences with eye beacons are tacky and are a little bit stalkerish in your yeah, face. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And iOS 8 has made it worse. Um so the permission that you need for de- asking the operating system to keep track of beacons on behalf of the app and then launching the app when you encounter one is the location services always on permission? Yes. And which is the exact same one that you'd want that you'd use if you were wanting GPS in the background to continually monitor your location. I.e. the battery drainer. Yeah. So from a user's perspective, they're getting this dialogue that's saying, allow this app that I don't really know that much about to continually monitor my location. Yes. One, it sounds creepy. Yep. And two, it sounds like it's going to drain my battery. And then even if you do get them to agree to it, um, now on iOS 8, it'll remind you after some time, such and such app has been tracking your location in the background. Do you want to allow it to continue? Yeah, I remember, I remember launching one of the betas for iOS 8 yes. and, uh, on my phone and all of a sudden I get this plethora of, uh, of dialogue boxes saying, this app wants to use, has been using your location in the background. Do you want to continue to allow this? This app has been allowing and you. The yeah. thing that amazes me is that um, with iBeacons at least, I don't know what the, what the situation is for GPS. That dialogue's not accurate because it's displayed irrespective of whether the app has encountered any of the beacons that it knows about whilst it's been installed on the phone. Like it's quite possible that you installed my app on your phone, you said yes, um, you give it permission to know when it comes into range of a certain set of beacons. It you never go in range of one of those. And then a week later, iOS eight gives you that dialogue to say such and such an app has been monitoring your location in the background. Um, you know, the app may not have ever gotten one callback to say you've come within range of a beacon and the user's told that like that they were kind of being stalked. Mm. I don't know. Well, it's not exactly kind of untrue, like the, though, is it? I mean, it is always listening for those the, beacons. It's just unfortunately one of those well, ones that no, people think... so the operating system that's true. is continually okay, that. uh, detecting Bluetooth signals from the environment around it and it will only launch the app in the event that it encounters one that that app knows about. Yeah, but technically that is kind of tracking your location the same as GPS because if the developer of the app puts out beacons, they can know where those beacons are. Correct. And so that they can tag those beacons yeah, with sure. a GPS location and when you sure. come in range, they know that you're in a specific location. So it is technically the same as using GPS. Right. So I guess um, I'd feel a little bit better if that wording that was, a bit different. was only presented... Yeah, if the wording was a little bit different and also if the message was only presented in the event that the app actually did get a callback to so, say that it came within range of one of the beacons that it knows about. So this actually brings up something that I've been uh, I've been considering bringing up on the show for a while. It's not necessarily to do with beacons, so I'm sorry for taking That's you off okay. beacons. <laughs> it's got more to do with asking permission for stuff, right? Right. No, it's completely uh, relevant. So it's, it is relevant. Uh, I'm not like just completely going off the rails here or anything. I'm just steering it away from beacons. <laughs> so... I read an article. I can't remember what it was, where it was, or what it was. It was a while ago now. Um, it was prior to me getting back into uh, doing this current big uh, update to Give Wrapped, and I've been taking it a little bit to heart. One of the things that it suggest that it suggests is that um, you know how a lot of apps uh, will they'll launch they'll launch and they'll just basically ask you for permission to do this and permission to do that. Yeah, permission to do this. It's terrible, right? And yep. you go through and you just kind of like, no, 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 yep. no. And the terrible thing about that is that when you've said no, in some instances, it's hard to ask again. Like, or you well, can't, you can't ask, ask again. again. You've got to. All you know is that you've been that you've been uh, denied. Denied, right? And so, for in, in, in the case of gift wrapped, right? Uh, like, I use things like the photos, like the photo roll, which you need to ask permission to access. Yeah. And if they say no, um, then you know. I couldn't do anything, especially prior to eight, mm. uh, because prior to eight, you, all you could do was say, "Well, I, if you go to the settings app and scroll to this point, dance on your one leg three times, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, do do you like some sort of magical dance. You might find out how to turn it back on. Right now, now at least you can kind of link off to the to the, the individual settings thing." For your app, yeah, yeah, uh, which, which is, is big improvement. Which is and the switches are in there now, which is great, but it still doesn't really solve the problem of okay, they launched the they launched whatever you're doing. So in my case, you opened the photos tab and it immediately asked you for you for access to your photos, so it could show you your photos. Yeah. So the article that I read and the suggestion that I was kind of I was I've been playing with is this idea that 
you don't actually ask for permission immediately. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, so what you do is you you display like a button and maybe some text that explains it. Yeah. And then when they press the button, then they get the dialogue. Yeah. I think we must have read the same article because I've been probably doing it's, that. It's been a while ago for a little bit, and it's yeah, I've I've read it before as well. It's basically you you make them take the action that right. causes the system dialogue to appear. Yeah. So you give them a little bit of a blurb like. This app can use beacons to let you know about artwork around you. Right. But you need to enable location services. Tap here to do that. Yeah, you're essentially saying you want to do it sort of just in time. Do it at the absolutely last possible moment before you need the, the permissions. Yeah, exactly. I just put a link in the chat. Was that the one the, the one that you read? Was it on TechCrunch, the right way to ask users for permissions? Yeah, I think that might have been I'm, it. I'm, I'm trying to open the chat. Hang on. And then I went looking and there were some really good examples of apps that do it really well. Yeah, I seem to recall Foursquare did a good job of it at one point. Yeah, and some people uh, I guess refer to this as onboarding as well. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people are using it in their like onboarding thing and so that's part of the thing they scroll through, but you scroll through a bunch of pages where they say, okay well what we're going to do is we're going to ask you now for this permission and this allows us to do this. Yeah, Yeah. but do you guys find that off-putting though, the the whole onboarding thing? I've had had many a debate, especially with the guys at Clip even, about sort of when to ask for permissions and you know what the onboarding process should look like and all that sort of stuff. So I've played with this before right because and i've talked about this before because when gift wrapped was in beta the first time around yep i had an onboarding experience it was like three screens long one of them was just a giant logo <laughs> and the other the the other two were basically explanations of uh of how you could put gifts into the app yep and it never shipped with that right yeah never and I talked about it at the time, I think. I, see, I, th- I think I might have been on the beta. I think I saw that. Yeah. Maybe very briefly I talked about mm. it. And I said, that I, I said that I had removed it because I didn't, I didn't feel like it gave the right impression. I think onboarding can be good, but I think it needs to be done just right or it will actually send the wrong message. Yeah. And I think in some cases it's necessary. So, for example, going back to beacons, <laughs> um, if your app is based purely around like a, an iBeacon thing, like it's not going to work without them, uh, and someone launches the app and Bluetooth's turned off, then you need to tell them to turn Bluetooth on before you can proceed. Yeah. It's kind of like you can't get any further. And so if you if your app has those sorts of things, you know, Clip, for example, probably isn't going to work unless you register an account, set up a credit card, uh, do something. No, that's not true. You can, you can search for loca- uh, you can search for like. Uh, places you can use clip nearby so bars and, and stuff nearby but you need location services without that i don't know where you are so i, I can't i yeah. can't give you a best guess as to you know what's nearby so i haven't i still haven't perfected it yet i i think i need to go down the route of i'm about to ask you for locations is that okay and then you say yes or no yeah. and if you say no then it still gives me the ability to ask you later yeah i yeah. i guess um I, yeah i still haven't i haven't sorted that one out because I, I need the same with we rely heavily on push notifications as well which has worked perfectly most of the time but you still get those people that just say no to everything because like no you don't no you can't have that no you can't have that but then they'll give yeah. you their credit card uh, details I'm, which i don't understand i'm one of those people yeah <laughs> i say that to everything as well i say no and until i real until i know why right and and that's the thing that i want i wanted the context of why you ask me for this thing right yeah and i'm struggling with this at the moment for a, an app i'm doing for the the national portrait gallery um because it's kind of got two modes one is for people who are visiting the gallery, we want to use iBeacons so that we know which part of the gallery you're in and yep. we can show you information about the portraits near you. Um, but the app is also designed for people who might never visit the gallery so to allow you to find out about the portraits. So it's like brochureware? And so, um, no, it's not just saying, uh, it's not just advertising the gallery. It's about um, understanding, you know, finding about all the stories behind the portraits. So, you, so you can still look at the portraits, but you're doing it manually as opposed to location based yeah exactly yep so you can browse through this list of portraits and find out more about the artists and yep. about the story of of who the portraits of and listen to interviews and things right and you can either kind of treat it as a bit of a, a magazine or something where you just browse through the things that interest you yep um or if you're visiting the gallery then it's a little bit more guided you get shown the ones that are near you right um but because it's got to cater to those two groups i really don't know when to ask for location services because ideally what I want is um, if you're ever going to visit the gallery, I want you to have location services turned on before you come so that when you walk in the door, um, you know, the app can kind of alert you to the fact, remind you that it's on your phone and say, hey, welcome to the gallery. You can use this app to find out more as you walk around. Um, but it can only do that if you have 
already turned on location services. But unless you're planning to visit the gallery, it kind of is a little bit of an abstract yeah. concept. At, at some point, I'm going to visit. And again, it's it's using beacons. It's not using GPS. So it's not yeah. like it's going to continually track you when you're at your home in Sydney. It's just if you ever happen to walk in the doors. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I'm thinking I'll... in my head, I've got, I've got I've got the idea of like the first time you launch the app, maybe the the, uh, the app is split in half. Uh, so there's, you know, a top cell and a bottom cell and the top one says are you at the gallery now or you know something that says i'm at the gallery right now put it in that mode and there's the one at the bottom that says i'm not at the gallery right now that would solve that problem so you'd know straight away and you could explain it all but then after the fact so if you say no i'm not at the gallery how will you ever know that they've gone to the gallery yeah exactly Um, i've been looking for creative solutions that part of me was thinking um the gallery's got a particular public like wi-fi if there was a way of getting the SSID of Wi-Fi hotspots that you're near. Well, Apple have been doing that for a while. Right, but there's no. Uh, it's a private API, and if yeah. you use it, you get rejected from the App Store. Um, you know, like there's, I can't think of a good solution to it other than annoying people regularly. Yeah, annoying people regularly, or just relying on things outside of the app to sort of say, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The only other thing you could do is every single time the app's brought to the foreground. You could ask again, are you at the gallery? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That'd be about it. It's almost like the app restarts. I mean, obviously it doesn't restart, but it's like it's restarted and gone back to the neutral state yeah. of where are you? It's an interesting yeah. challenge to try and to to address. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd recommend building something like that and, and showing it to people and see what they say. Yeah. I love you know, that approach. In, in other words, take the advice of the session from Dub Dub. Fake it till you make it. Yes. That's Prototyping. A <laughs> Fake it. Till you make it. That the is fantastic. That took Jake like three months to watch. Oh, six months even. I've still not watched it. Oh, watch oh, it. What? It's fantastic. <laughs> See, if I'm- only so you can so you can watch it there and go, oh, yeah, that's so right. That's so right. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. What a great idea. I'm glad that I had that first. <laughs> I will I will endeavor to watch it before the next, uh, before the next uh, what do you call it? Mobile Dub couch Dub episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that too. The next mobile couch, and I and I will send you a a message about it, just so you can put it in the follow up, so everyone knows that I watched it. Excellent, excellent. That sounds excellent. good. Speaking of follow up, apparently, if you have a today extension and your app, your app can run on iOS seven and eight, and the today extension will just happily be ignored on iOS seven, where it. And you don't have to sense. do anything particularly special. No, apparently okay. not. Excellent. That's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I did think that was awesome. And there was a bunch of stuff that I was planning on talking about, just, you know, general stuff. We've got, a, obviously, a guest on the show who's full of interesting things to discuss. Well, given that last episode with Jane, we spent like the first, what, 40 minutes, half an hour <laughs> talking about follow-up. There was a lot of follow-up last episode. Sorry, Jane. Yeah. What is this, ATP? <sighs> I know. It's going to be a short episode, this one. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you um, way back at the beginning of this conversation. Yes. What are your thoughts about work? And work hours and you did I saw ask, you and we got sidetracked. Yeah, so tell me what was that all about? Someone was tweeting um, about some some suggestion that they had to work very hard, and you got a bit stopped working so hard. Yeah, I was. In hindsight, it was a little bit in your face. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because you know I've done the startup thing and and sacrificed time with the family and all that sort of stuff. And I find I found I got quite stressed. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not old by any stretch, but I'm not young. I'm 34, and this was what a year and a half ago. And I started, you know, getting really bad indigestion all of a sudden, and uh, and I was wondering what it was. And I realised I was just overworking myself. I was I was just a bit stressed, and so I was like, just everyone needs to slow down and you know take time of a night time and you know spend time on the weekends and spend time with your family, or if your family's too far away, spend time with your significant other. Or just go out by yourself and watch a movie, or you know, switch off pretty much because you'll you'll end up you'll end up relaxing a lot, and quite often you solve the problems that you were stuck on anyway. And 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 I think I know I've I've mentioned ATP once already, but there's something that I think it's Casey Liss says that you know is this going to eat me? No, it's not. So you know, if I don't do all this work, is the world going to end tomorrow? No, probably not. It'll it'll you know, life will go on. So you know. Try not to try not to get too stressed. I think it's great advice. That's pretty much that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, I've I've kind of been that way the whole you know try not to be too stressed since since I was about nineteen when I found out I had Crohn's disease. And so one of the one of the the big triggers for a lot of people with Crohn's disease is stress. And so I've you know I kind of decided that you know nothing's really that that bad that it's gonna it's gonna sort of end the world unless I get stressed, in which case it could send me to hospital. So I figured. It's probably best to to stay relaxed about most things. That's a pretty good motivation to stay relaxed. Yeah, yeah. To not not go to hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you're stressing me out, guys. Just calm down. No, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean, sorry, sorry. It's sorry. funny though because I think that as a, in 
as Australians, I yeah. feel like there's a kind of um, a mixture of cultures here where yeah. there is a culture of sort of, um, you know, uh, being laid back and relaxed and, you know, messing around a bit, having fun. Spending time at the beach. Yeah. Which sometimes I think is overblown and people um, play up that culture more than is actually the reality. And then there's also this culture of people really getting really into work and and working kind of ridiculous hours and being um, taking it very seriously and and sacrificing a lot. And I feel like um like it's weird that they both sort of simultaneously exist. Um, they do. Yeah, I, I found that I was actually I actually sent an email over to the missing the missing co-host of Mobile Couch, Ben. I sent him an email this morning with some tips of moving to the UK. And one of the things I, I told him to be aware of was the uh, the different work ethic over there. So when I, because I lived in the UK for six years and when I was over there, I found that everyone expected me to be laid back and relaxed all the time. And so they were quite shocked when I worked faster than most of the UK people that were over <laughs> yes. there. Uh, and this is not trying to cast aspersions on anybody who's English uh, or British or whatever the right term is for that group of islandy bits over there. Um, I found You've just that won them all over in two statements. <laughs> I know, right? So go on. <laughs> I know. That's right. Wouldn't doing, be the first time I've been called racist. I know, I'm doing great. Um, I, f- I found that they spent a lot of time complaining that they were busy instead of actually working so that that ended up making them busy and they'd rush around at the last minute to get all their work done. And so I was always like, guys, let's just do the work instead of talking about the work. And then the work gets done. And then yeah, we but, can all go to the pub. But see, that's the best That's the best thing. Like you walk around <laughs> with like a folder or something and say, I'm so <laughs> busy. And nobody bothers you. It's, it's, it's a technique. It, it, but you've still got to do the work, Jelly. Huh? Somebody's got to do it. Uh, see, unless they is- just leave it to the Australian in the corner who's quietly nattering away at his keyboard. <laughs> See this. This just takes me back to my days in the public service. See, and I, I, I uh, I'm not going to talk don't. about how my my work my, my work ethic while I was in the public service because <laughs> um, it was pretty much just turn up, right? Yeah. Well, I let, let's just say that I was the guy that found the way my way around the uh, the uh, the internet blocking system that wouldn't <laughs> allow you to get to YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Let's just say that. Did you outsource <laughs> your job to somebody in India? Did, oh, no, but I remember that. I remember that uh, that article. I remember <laughs> that story. That was great. Oh, I see. The, the the great thing about the public service was, uh, or at least the area that I was working in, was that I would I would turn around, do my work, uh, at, you know, the last last possible moment, and they'd yeah. be like, "Wow, like this is two weeks later, like, and, and I'm I'm yeah. just just coming in under deadline. Spent most of my time watching cat videos on YouTube, and they'd be like, "Wow, you got that done so fast." I was like. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I'm so awesome. <laughs> Sorry, I was just gonna say. I think it's interesting that I think you make a really good point that um there is this balance to be struck between having a a relaxed attitude where you give yourself time away from work um yep. actually sometimes leads to being more effective. Like yeah, for sure. G- getting your work done, you know, in the end more quickly. Not by rushing through it and working ridiculous hours, but by taking yeah. having a bit of a relaxed approach to it and having the space to think about things, and by watching yeah. plenty of cat videos, so cat that videos. you're preparing yeah. yourself <laughs> yeah, mentally for the task at hand. Yes, sir. Well, I've actually was, been. I was just going to say it was one of the things that my my father said to me when I got my first job. He said, "Make sure that you don't live to work; you only work to live." Yeah, it's good advice. Mm. I've been trying to walk more, and I've actually been finding that is a really good way of having balance. So I, I'm working it yeah. into my work day. Uh, so I'll try and get a bit of work done and then go for a walk and then get a bit more work done and then go for another walk. And um, it, it gives me a bit of a break, kind of get some fresh air, change of scenery, some exercise. And I'm also finding I, on the walk, might not be spending the whole time like consciously thinking about my the programming I was doing. But somewhere it's kind of, ticking away a little bit because I'll find I'll get back to my desk and suddenly be making progress more quickly through the problem. That something, you know, that I'd gone maybe mm. had a couple of false starts on something and then I'll go for a yep. walk and I'll come back and sit down in the next and then I'll I'll be able to nut it out. There was I swear I read an article there were studies about blood flow to the brain and all that sort of stuff. And so there's there's actual scientific proof that going for a walk helps. 
Yeah, no, it definitely helps. I, I think it definitely helps that there is, uh, and there, there's a lot of talk about out, out there, like about mm. how it will it will help you. Des- like designers, it's great for designers to leave the office because it's a lot of the time, you know, to get inspiration because a lot of the yeah. time, like as you know, as designers, designers, you know, look up inspiration online, and that's all very well and good. But sometimes the best inf- inspiration is to actually kind of clear clear out the, you know, the 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 digital stuff and just go go somewhere else and, mm. and look at stuff. Um, but I'm finding the same thing. Like, I, I'm walking more, personally. I'm not getting 10,000 steps a day. I actually went through this whole thing where I tried, tried so hard. It's it's really hard. Like, <laughs> it, it's, is. it is really it takes, hard. It takes a fair bit of time. Like, I, I think I walk for at least, on top of just the walking around I do any day, I think I need yep. to spend about an hour walking. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Find an hour to walk. And so, you know, sometimes if I've got client meetings or something, I'll park my car a fair distance from one of the clients and walk between them all. And it just yeah. means I've got to spread the meetings out a bit more and, you know. I'm- so what what I've ended up doing um, is doing much the same thing. I lowered my goal. You lowered your, you, you lowered the bar. I, I was saying to Jake earlier that I, I I kind of cheated, but didn't really cheat. And he was like, "You've just been you've just been shaking the phone, haven't you?" Because I was looking <laughs> for a way to cheat on the weekend. I went for a super long walk to get my ten thousand steps, and I had, it was such a picturesque. It was lovely by the lake in Canberra. It was a bright sunny day, and everyone was out walking. But on the way back, I decided to record a hyperlapse of the walk, and then I realized that I'd been. Resting the phone in my son's pram, and of course none of the <laughs> steps, steps counted. counted. <laughs> so I got Good back and like work. half of my steps didn't uh, like, happen. Like I, I have the problem of I'll go for a long walk. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go for a walk with with Mal around the lake. Or uh, a, a couple of weeks back, I, I hadn't made my like made ten thousand steps, and I really wanted to. I was trying to. I was going for a streak. Like I was trying to get a green week. I, I did this massive long walk. It took me like an hour and a half to get home from work because I took this ridiculous walk and looped back in and around, you know, places, almost walked all the way back to work in order to get home. Right. And still didn't make 10,000 oh. steps by the end of the day. I was so annoyed. So I, 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 came to the, I came to the opinion that, like, I think it's more important for, in, in my instance, not to necessarily try to always be getting 10,000 steps because it is really hard some days, especially if I want to kind of get a nice green slab in, in Pedometer Plus Plus. So I I lowered I lowered my bar and I said well what I'm going to do is I'm going to work my way up to it so I'm going to start and I started at six thousand I said okay once I get six thousand I feel like I'm getting getting it nailing it every day I'm going to up it so I've actually moved up to now to seven thousand I'm getting seven there you go. trying to get seven thousand every That's day a good approach and you know to be fair on Saturday I got fifteen thousand steps because I was walking around doing all this gardening and stuff but then yesterday I I got to the end of the night. At about ten o'clock at night, and I still only had like four thousand or something. I needed to get another three, so I ended up doing laps of the house, <laughs> listening to developing perspective, just to you know keep me occupied. And uh, I've certainly been listening to more podcasts. It's good, good for yeah. walking. But I've I've been walking to work and try, taking longer longer routes so that I can uh, you know get get my get my steps up and you know be a bit more. Uh, bit more active like i'm certainly more active than i was like if you look back you know in my in my pedometer like history uh, like i've i i have had days where i've done like less than 100 steps just because wow. i get up i do i do my work like you don't even have to go back very far here's one that's 62 this is before. on the 13th of of september were you working from home i think this might have been a saturday <laughs> right, uh, but yeah, you need like, to you need to have like f- a few kids. Um, there's no such thing as not walking. Yeah, maybe maybe at some point that'll happen. But uh, <laughs> it's a bit of an extreme solution. Yeah, yeah. And I, I found um actually, if I get to the end of the day and I'm a few hundred step steps shy, I can just give my Fitbit to my son. Run up and Go. down the hallway. See, that me. is cheating. That is cheating. Go. At least I did the steps. I may have yeah, walked draw, like laps I... around my 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 house. I my have living to, room. My, I... my motivation in this is only partly about uh, health and well being. Um, it's also partly about justifying purchasing an Apple Watch. I figure <laughs> if if I can if I can do ten thousand steps every day between now and when the watch comes out, then I've got a really good reason to get one to like because I clearly need a, a health tracking wearable wrist device. Mm. 
Whereas mm. if I'm not, the fact that you're looking at your current steps isn't that enough justification? You, you obviously oh, look, care enough now. Have you seen how big these phones are? It barely fits in my pocket. <laughs> I need I need a, a more compact, lightweight way to count my steps. Didn't yeah, you have enough. a Fitbit at one stage? I do. I can't keep the battery charged. Gosh, you're going to do so well with an Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, because that's totally going to last all day. Mm. My advice about walking is it probably doesn't apply to you guys in Canberra because I don't think you have a train out there, do you? We but have we, we have exactly we have, one. It goes to Sydney. One, one train. Uh, that's it doesn't right. Actually, it doesn't actually go anywhere. Like it, it's It's the end of a track. And yeah, so the train comes in and then has to go back out the same direction the, that it came. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you commute to work, just get off one or two stops earlier and walk the rest of the way. Obviously, that doesn't apply to you guys. Well, we do have buses and they are terrible. So if you get off at a couple of stops early, you'll probably yep. get there faster than the bus would get you there anyway. Yeah, yeah and I've been doing as that. As you say, it only, t- it only takes about an hour or so to get to get ten thousand steps of of walking generally. I mean, my average is. Daily average is nine thousand one hundred thirty-seven. So I, I I drive a car I drive a car halfway and then train the rest of the way. So for my two hours to get there, and then I just walk from Central out to Ultimo at the moment, and that's only fifteen minutes each way, sort of thing. So you add that up with all the other walking I do, and you know I can easily hit nine thousand a day. Um, so, I must be just lazy then. I'm definitely getting put to shame. Um, I don't know. It's not a competition. As I said, I've got kids. I've got kids, and I'm always like, yeah. once I get home, I don't sit down until bedtime. So I don't actually like. I don't actually feel bad about the fact that I've lowered my my goal. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing because I'm, at least now I, I have I have the motivation, and I'm happy about doing it as opposed to before, where every time that I would fail, I would beat myself up about it. And was like, well, you yeah. didn't get ten thousand mm-hmm. steps, so you clearly aren't doing very well it is amazing what that does i find i have to change the gamification mechanic whereas if it's about getting these green stretches the minute that i miss a day suddenly like that's it it's so much harder to get them the following week whereas now i've got like a couple of ways of 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 trying to keep my running average high so it's like i'm at 130 percent of my weekly goal yeah i'm at 130 or something at the moment and then the other is like the number of consecutive days like my record for number of consecutive days your biggest streak yeah my biggest streak if Mm. i miss one i'm like okay well i'm about to start my next biggest streak yeah i i think yeah because i think that like the 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 standard like ten thousand steps is very like it's very good and obviously there's you know scientific reasons as to why you should take ten thousand steps in any day and all that sort of stuff. But I think the main thing to kind of take away from using all these apps and this isn't very developery, but I guess it is about health. So you know this that. Uh, the main thing to take away from it is that you should be you should be feeling positive about the fact that you're doing all this exercise and all this extra work, right? And also like positive about the fact you're trying. Yeah, and I think that if if all you're seeing is like, okay, I I I didn't I didn't get a green yeah, a yeah. green bar, and therefore I failed. Like it, you didn't fail. You did so many steps. Like I've had days right where I've I've gotten so close, and then what's happened is I've forgotten that I was like that close, and I needed to finish off you know a few hundred steps, and then I've kind of realized post midnight that oh well yeah, I, it's too now, late now it's too late i can't do anything about you it can't you can't do anything about it but the yeah. thing is is that like wow you still got like so many steps that's not a bad thing that's an amazing yeah, achievement it it's interesting it, it is interesting to think about the gamification mechanics here like what is it about these apps that help us feel good and to encourage us and and it's interesting to think about that in you know in other things we might work on is Yes, let's bring it back to developers. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I always think it's a slightly cynical... Uh, and hey, Craig, did you say you're working for a gambling organization at the moment? I am. Yeah. Okay. So um, I always think it's slightly cynical using these sort of psychological mechanisms to get people hooked or to get people to continue to return to your app or to buy another in-app purchase or, you know, raise the stakes. But I also think there's a kind of good way of using these techniques. Well, there's where definitely you give a, people like a positive way. Yeah, you, you give people positive reinforcement as they progress through whatever it is you're trying to get them to do with your app. Um, then they're going to feel good about it, want to return to it, do it some more. Yes, I mean, but at the same time, you you want to make sure that it's coming back to the whole idea of being too tacky. You don't want to ram it down their throat, right? You don't want to be giving people stickers or badges for no reason at all. Yeah, I, I think I think that kind of comes down to like how gamification kind of got uh, got like got looked at as part of our 
our industry. Like a lot of people went, okay, gamification, therefore I have to give achievements. Mm. But that's not like, I mean, even even achievements and that sort of stuff are only like a very recent part of like game mechanics. You didn't, yeah, like back in the day when you were playing your Super Nintendo, you, when when you got through the first level, you didn't get a you didn't get an achievement for, oh, wow, you finished the first level. Oh, wow, you defeated Bowser. Good work, guys. Yeah. 10,000 points. Like you didn't get any of that. Well, you get you got points, but. Was no, but the, the gamification but... back then was storytelling, wasn't it? The fact that you, yeah. you, you know, you'd end up at the schoolyard the next day and you'd be telling your friends about all this cool stuff that you did last night. Yeah, so you could progress the right. Mm. But there the was game. A, there was other aspects of it as well, like le- like leading people into the into the into the game. Like Mario was very well known for the fact that you like the first level is designed in such a way that you learn new things at each at each kind of point you learn how to jump yep. because you've got to jump yep. and get you you've got to get your uh mm. the the mushroom and then you you learn that you you can die because if you touch this you, you know touch the 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 goomba he'll, he'll uh he'll kill you but then you can learn that you can jump on him and that will you mm. know you, you just kind of learn these these things as you go and there's there's articles out there that will detail it in much, much. Yeah, yeah, but it comes I back will, to that onboarding idea, right? So that, yeah, that right. level like, is the onboarding. Yeah having, yeah, having apps that slowly reveal themselves to you. That as you progress through the app, you learn more about its features and you get to see more of the complexity. And these days, what you end up with is in, in games is you see a lot of kind of tutorial levels where they'll say, "Okay, press B to jump." Yes. They won't continue until you press B and jump. Right. Uh, and. I think that's kind of a that's kind of and that that is kind of more like what onboarding is these days. Like more explicit, yeah. Overt. Like it's very overt and very explicit. I I was I tried an app the other day, which is basically a little drawing app called Sketches, uh, so that I could try out my new stylus. It's very similar to Paper, actually. Um, mm-hmm. in many ways, it's it. Once you get into the app, there's not really a lot that's kind of going on. But that's good, right? Well, that is good. That's what you want, kind of. You want to clear of, space for, yeah. for drawing and stuff. Uh, but the the issue was that there was an onboarding experience that kind of went through, okay, this is how this is the gesture that you use to do this. This is the gesture that you use to do this. Oh, right. And I was just, all I wanted to do was just use the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just it's wanted like, to draw something. Get out of my right? way, I want to draw. Uh, and so I just went swipe, 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 got in. And then had no idea how to use the app, and there is no way to get that onboarding experience back. <laughs> oh right, back. you can't bring it back. You, you can't say. bring it back. Uh, sure, you can looked... delete the app and download it again. Right. So I looked for like ten minutes to see if there was a button to say, "Okay, show me the onboarding experience again," so I can learn these gestures. Uh, and th- there's no way. And th- this is the this is the issue. One of the issues that I think w- is with that sort of a an experience. Sure, games will at least let you play the tutorial level again if you feel the need to. But a lot of the time, the onboarding experience is something that you only see once, and you only really want to sit through once. And so, if you don't like, if you're not teaching the people how to use the app, and if the app is not explicit about how you use it, then or or intuitive enough, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not if it's not if you can't discover it on your own, then you're going to need something to help hold your hand on the way through. That's right, and I, I think, and I think it comes kind of comes back to like the thing that I was saying about onboarding experiences, right? Where I was saying like that that like I had I was taking I I, I kind of had issue with it, and I never ended up shipping one in in gift wrapped because mm. I didn't I didn't feel like it added anything. I didn't feel like it really helped. Like yeah, there were sure it showed it told you explicitly the ways that you could put gifts into the app, but really that was not the best way to do it. The best way to do it was to have very explicit ways as to how you get into the app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so eventually, like, it ended up shipping with with an ex- entire, like, explore section, which had search and photos and everything was kind of just there and just, it just kind of... Yeah, you just was, tap around until you figure yeah. it out, right? Yeah, and so it was it was the sort of thing where you can discover it and when you do discover it, you're like, oh, wow, it does this thing. This is awesome. So what you're saying is but you the, end up taking the, the Mario approach. Well, trying to level up. I don't know that the gift wrapped is you know is is as good as Mario. It doesn't make that, that thing that nice blingy noise when yeah. you jump Bling. on thing. That, yeah. that one. Mm. <laughs> Although, <laughs> that's what's missing. Yep, I'll I'll add some sound effects. Everything needs sound. Effects. Uh, no, it has to be you doing that sound effect, Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at doing sound effects. Sound effects. I I, ha- I have a habit of when I'm trying to explain motion. I will do yep. sound effects, and I, even if cool. I'm sitting, and I also use my hands a lot, which people can't see on the show. But 
I have a tendency to like you, you know, I, I want this, I want this screen to do this thing, like, and I'll just do these noises. <laughs> so, a little bit of a trivia here: the uh, first version of iView for iOS yep. has has me in it, going. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> if you add add an episode to your watch list, it kind of animates into the top corner, and every time I I did that on my screen, I'd like watch it animate, and I'd go, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to record that, nice. put it in there. Um, Is it still there? No, it's been updated. Oh, that's a <laughs> shame. I have to acknowledge that my inspiration for that little sound effect was from using Skitch and ah, yes. Life, two great apps by the company formerly known as Plask. Um, yeah, and I think Keith from the company formerly known as Plask um, was a sound engineer, had a background in in sound and producing sound uh, before you got into software and you could really tell it through those apps i think there were a couple of the first ones that i encountered that made really great use of sound effects in terms of giving the like giving real affordance to the ui i think sound effects can be really good like Mm. i I think sound effects when done correctly and uh you know not over the top type stuff but done in such a way that it kind of blends into the app Mm. uh can give a really nice tone oh, that comic, is missing. Comic Life was kind of over the top, but it was kind of an over the top app. Like yeah. You well, could I mean, drag it's about comics, right? Yeah. And you'd yeah. drag a speech mark onto your canvas and stretch it and it would give like a stretchy balloony sound. Like exactly. That? Like yeah. that. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm good at these ones. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having you me. You come back sometime. Yeah, most definitely. Any Anytime you uh, you want me back on the show, just ask and I'll I'll come a running. Will you? you? Will you run all the way to Canberra? Uh, I think I, it was metaphorical. It, oh. No, no, no! I've got to get my steps up, right? Can I? Can I? <laughs> can I get that far ahead if I run all the way to Canberra? If I get that far you ahead of my steps, can. can I just do nothing for a while? Well, uh, only only if you if you are taking the approach that Jake is with the the uh, average over the, the average. course of like a week. Yeah, and I thought it was to of... give it to my kid and make him run around. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the other the thing. Other to take, that's the other yeah. takeaway. Yeah, I kind of yeah, want to yeah, give him sure. one for the whole day to just see how many steps does a three year old get? Because I'm guessing it's going to be more than ten thousand. Oh, so many more. Yeah. Yeah. And, First he, of all, and his, he has like a sleep in the middle of the day for like two hours as well. All so, the tossing so and turning, more. would that count? I don't, know. Yeah, I don't know. So much more active than, than I am at all. I, 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 I'm just tired thinking about it. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have kids then. Not right now. I have, That'd be I have a really good way to end the show though. Gift wrapped is, is, uh, is my kid at this it's point your, in time. It's your baby. Yeah, Fair my enough. baby. If you would like to read any of the show notes that uh, Craig has lovingly prepared for us, and Jake hasn't. You're welcome. (laughs) You can go to the website. The website is mobilecouch.co forward slash 44, because that's the number of the episode, as as well as being the minimum point size for uh, buttons in iOS. But, or navigation bars. Or navigation bars, that's true. But then the buttons. See the way the the thing is is the buttons in the navigation bar actually uh like they they have a tappable area that's outside of what they appear. They certainly Indeed. do. So you don't have to tap like exactly on the button, and that's what they suggest doing if the button has to be little. Keys on the keyboard oh. aren't forty four pixels wide, but are forty four pixels high. Yeah, well, they only suggest that it's got to be height. It doesn't have to be width. There you go. It's strange. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that as well. The show can be emailed at mobilecouch.co forward slash contact. That's the website. It has a form. You fill out the form. It sends an email. Uh, if you would like to email us the re- the old school way, you can do that as well. We have an email address. It's hello at mobilecouch.co. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, Craig, how is the best way to do that? Uh, you can grab me on Twitter. I'm the padded cell on Twitter. That's T-H-E-P-A-D-D-E-D-C-E-L-L. Indeed. Jake is also on Twitter. He is Jay McMullen. That is J. M-A-C-M-U-L-L-I-N. I'm on Twitter as well, at Jelly Bean Soup. Now, I should also mention, because I had some, actually had some feedback. People were trying to find out the, the, the show's Twitter account, and I never mentioned it on the show. And it's also currently not on the website, which is kind of a failing of me. So it's, it's a secret a Twitter account. It is like a secret Twitter account. It is the secret Twitter yeah. account where we post the, uh, the show. You can follow Mobile Couch at underscore Mobile Couch. That's basically how it is. Yep. Good. Glad we covered that. 
Excellent. Hope everybody got, it. Hope everybody got that. Yep. Hope you were taking notes. It's very difficult. Hang on, I'll go follow it now. Are you not following it? You are following <laughs> it. <laughs> of course I am. That's just joking. Oy. Oy. Well, we better rub this, wrap this up before before things go completely crazy. I, I, I'm sorry, what are we rubbing up? <laughs> God. Ra- wrapping. 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 We're wrapping things up R- with gifts. Right, sorry. Yes. Hey. Hey, hello. I'm, I'm nothing if not shameless about promoting gift wrapped. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's amazing to talk to you, as always. We we look forward to talking to you again in the next episode, number 45. It'll be great. I'm sure it will be. Ben will probably be back. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.